quicker. Yeah. But the, it's funny because I live in a town called Marietta. Yes, I am, which, I am I'm well aware. Which is right next to a town called Temecula. Part of the and, greater Los Angeles area. No, not even. I wouldn't even call it that. Where I think I'm closer to San Diego. It's basically, it's basically San Francisco. Yeah. Um, just not the politics. Yeah, yeah. But but the public sex, yes. Public sex, yes. Not the politics. Very. It's it's weird. <laughs> public sex, yes. Politics, no. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, but you know, the way that Temecula goes, normally Marietta goes. The way Marietta goes, normally Temecula goes. Like Temecula was here first, and Marietta kind of was like a unincorporated area for a really long time and then it became a city but for the longest time they just considered that oops sorry they considered themselves part of temecula oh so anyway so temecula started opening up right like like a month ago oh wow you know you know i would take a my occasional lift to go grocery shopping and um and the lift driver was like i will you know last night i was down in old town temecula and bailey's was like shoulder to shoulder packed and bailey's is a bar pub um, and I'm just like, really? And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's pretty much all open down there. And it's funny because I got, uh, um, an Instagram pet post sponsor. Cause you know, they can target their area Yeah, yeah. from, from a place called Texas Lills, which for it's been, it's probably one of the oldest bars in Temecula. And it was traditionally a biker bar a million, million years ago. Um, but no longer now it's just kind of like you know which short. is why you are going every weekend yeah, exactly i would ride i would ride my bicycle there yeah. and i would get really confused when i show up in my spandex tight shorts and my hey, um, anyone want, anyone want to see my swing <laughs> yeah. and so i would uh, i would um so i got that message and they just opened they they just opened up today mm. so i'm like wow that's and they're in old town too so they waited they were the responsible ones because Riverside basically in California basically now is opening bars and restaurants to everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, Texas Lills, you're just like, really? They're the ones that waited? Because everybody else that opened before today, I believe it was 12th or 13th. What day is it? Friday? Yeah. And is it, yes. sorry, is it just like uh, uh, everyone can sit next to each other or are there still like social distancing or like that's supposed, out the window? Supposed to be social distancing in Lake Elsinore, which is... Um, Marietta, then there's a city called Wildemar, and then there's Lake Elsinore. Uh, Lake Elsinore, they're doing very well with their social distancing and opening up because they're basically just shutting down streets, you know, right. and letting restaurants just serve people on the street so that they can I mean, have... they'll do fine until the woods start moving towards them, and then everything will go to shit. Well, I mean, we don't... That's, like, a, that's a Macbeth reference for everyone who's, who's wondering. <laughs> the, the one, it's because it's the one thing is they're just not a lot of businesses still aren't going back to work is so they're just opening up restaurants and bars and stuff like that so the streets are kind of unnecessary so it's it's i mean it's kind of like a street fair i'm guessing I've, I've i've only seen pictures on the instagram so that's kind of neat let me tell you something that's no one's going to find interesting which is macbeth <laughs> well uh the second thing they'll tell you that no one's going to find interesting uh, since the uh, shutdown happened, quarantine, uh, COVID-19, the whole pandemic, uh, that was back here in Canada. I think down in, in where you are kind of around the same time, like end of what is that end of April ish or no, sorry, end of March ish. Uh, so from that point on, I have not, you, though. it's correct. I guess so. So anyways, I have I almost, not. I almost had. I almost had a, a, a quarantine birthday, oh. and it would have been. It would have been no different than the birthday I had, which was just me sitting at my house by myself. But still, yeah. Anyway, so but, but anyways. in this case, you were you know legally barred from going outside. No, I was just going to say I've not set foot into a grocery store since this has happened. I get them delivered now, and it's been uh, amazing. It's like this new eye-opening thing that basically is like I boop 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 punch my order in. And then it's like, Chad is going to deliver your groceries at around this time. I'm like, great, cool. And then I just get them to like, leave them on my doorstep. But uh, it's completely open. I don't have to wait in line ever again. And I love it. The, the greatest thing I found about getting uh, food or groceries delivered is how hard it is, is, is it to forget something? Right. Because no, you can sit there, you can, you can go through things, you can look. You mean, like an, instead of walking down an aisle, you're just scrolling and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, that's what I needed. I needed that. So it's, I, I, it, I needed this ten-pound bag of flour. I needed it. <laughs> I actually do need flour, so don't 
but I, I'm not, I putting that off. I, I want to make some, uh, 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 orange chicken. So I need some mm. flour. Well, welcome to whatever this is, the podcast where two guys sit down and, you know, try and discover whatever this is. Uh, my name is Kyle, and I am talking to Grant will uh, always stay at home when his government tells him to, Tingly. Yeah, I, I mean, I've only left, the, I probably left the house five times. I ha- like, ran into some issues because for the first nah, 10 weeks, I drove one time. Uh, and now because uh, things are opening up and now I'm out and about a little bit more, I went and visited the parents last weekend. I was like, oh, it's weird driving again when you haven't done it for two and a half months. Well, the biggest thing was that I had to, uh, cause I had my, my phone call in psychiatric appointment, right? Oh, and the, the two reasons why I left were both prescription based. I had a phone in doctor's appointment and I had a phone mm-hmm. in psychiatric appointment. Um, they, you know, so I, those are the two big reasons why I left the house. And I was like, if I'm going to go to the, if I'm going to go to the pharmacy, I might as well go to the grocery store and I might as well donate blood. Right. So it's like, I might as well allow you a bisexual man to go and donate blood. (laughs) Well, maybe I might leave some of that information out of my conversation. Right. I might not mention that to people. I love dick. (laughs) Just that's your first thing. So, what is your name? I love Dick. Considering right, well. that's complete to, to me, I think that's completely. I mean, if I was a person from the right, I would scream it's unconstitutional. But the fact that it's mm-hmm. uh, private companies that are making these rules, it's hey, according to your government, you can discriminate against the gays again. So, and that transsexuals. Was yeah, and I just came out today. So, have fun, America. Well, Happy Pride. Did you? Did you? Uh, uh, look into uh, the GOP's platform where they it, are is it just condemning like the exact same as it is. they just renewed it. So that means they're condemning the current president. <laughs> is that true? Or is that just like a fake like onion article? No, that's true. They just all they didn't even look into it. They just they rubber stamped their I mean, now that everybody's pointing it out, they're going to go back and change it because they look like fools. But it's just so sad how in like how stupid they are that it's so embarrassing internationally. Mm-hmm. Like you can just, you know, they should have just done a, like hired a 20 year old super conservative kid to read it. Just, just read it. And it you actually know, this, this is not, I'm not the first person to bring this up. I am somewhat shocked in many ways that there's not at least one person who is right leaning, who knows how to like, use a computer or work Photoshop. Like it just seems like everything that's produced often is just like so low rent and rinky dink. I don't know. It's so weird to me. Let's see here. I will say the, the the plat, the platform uh, says that the current administration has abandoned America's friends and rewarded its enemies. That's Mm -hmm. what the current GOP platform says. So that sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, I was just going to say, just so that someone out there that is listening who has stumbled across our podcast, hello, new new listener. This is our quarterly podcast where we <laughs> catch up with one another. Uh, uh, as bad as uh, as a Canadian observing what's going on in the United States as far as the Republican Party goes, I have to say I am also constantly impressed by how much the Democrats do not have a clue <laughs> and like cannot like do a home run when the other team hasn't even shown up yeah. uh, to be their opponents. The they're like, you know, stay strong, uh, like kneeling thing that they did here a few days ago is just like agonizingly painful and uh, cringy to watch. And then we Nancy, po- now- Nancy Pelosi wearing like the traditional African yeah. garb. I'm just like, Oh, so Nancy, dumb. Nancy. It's so dumb. And then the, the uh, I'll, I'll to steal a phrase from Mr. Trump, uh, sleepy Joe Biden out there who doesn't seem to be able to speak without putting his foot directly in his mouth. It's like, great job, everyone. You have literally picked the worst person you could have possibly picked to go against Donald Trump. And the, imagine if it was if it was uh, Kamala Harris. I was hey, I was the big. Um, uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Me and names blanking when we record a podcast. Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. I was a big Elizabeth Warren fan. I know that means that I hate all men or something like that, but I don't know. I loved her. She's great. I, I like to, I, I, I voted for Warren 
Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, imagine if in the, right now, if the person that was speaking to yeah. the Democrats was Kamala Harris, which is why the fact that they haven't, I mean, she's, she is now destined to be the vice president. Do you know about this website called predictit.com? Uh, predict it. No, you should, uh, because, you know, I go to like five websites and they're all movie related. Oh, that's not what you told me last time. Um, that's why you keep a sock over your microphone. You need a quick, quick release if you know what I mean. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's when I, when I'm ever uh, with somebody, I'm like, just speak right into the microphone. (laughs) That's right. Right into the microphone, like lips, right. Touching it. Um, uh, oh my God. What were we talking about? Uh, anyways, something about Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, uh, oh, predictit.com. So predictit is this great website that you can go to and predict. It's like a stock market, but for politics. So it's like, do you think Kamala Harris is going to be the vice presidential nominee? And then you put your money in, um, at a certain point and you write it out to hopefully win money. Right. So if it's like, let's say it was like five months ago, maybe uh, the people who are saying that Kamala Harris is going to win, you could buy in at like 18 cents. And now it's up at like 75 cents. So you could have made a whole bunch of money by betting on these different things. It's great. It's uh, If you want to blow, like I think you can only put in uh, a certain amount of money for each bet or something like that. But anyways, it's, uh, it's a fun way to waste time. And as the world slowly burns, make a little bit of money off of it at the same time. Yeah, Kamala Harris is 47 cents, up right. 2 cents. And whoever Val Demings is, is 16 cents. Oh, see, that's what you do. You go in there. Hopefully he goes up to like 20 cents and then you can get out of there quickly. I really enjoy this. Who who will be the Democratic nominee? Joe Biden, 91 cents. Hillary yeah. Clinton, four cents. Still there. She's still there. Um, I would this because of how 2020 is going. And I'm not even saying that something like um, awful is going to befall one of the candidates. Like they're not going to like die or anything like that. I have this somewhat of a hunch that some wildness is going to happen at the uh, Democratic National Convention where whether it's going to be Bernie or someone else and they're going to somehow make the case to weasel in and push Joe Biden out. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think that there's an outside chance that that could happen. Well, I mean, there's what uh, I don't know. I can't remember anymore. It's been four years since the time I last cared about any of this. But uh, a lot of just the, like uh, a great American. I don't care about this <laughs> until every four years happens. A lot of those things they can choose who they vote for. Right. At the primary. Oh, no, Technically, they yes. Cast, like you, they have to cast their vote for the person that was that they were voted for to vote for first. And then the next. And then they can, they can switch. Choose. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, that's that not going to happen. Very yet. rarely happens, if ever. So <laughs> I would not hold my breath for that to actually happen. But. If somehow, because I don't think all, not all states have actually voted yet. So if I remember correctly, Joe Biden technically doesn't have a majority yet. Um, so if he was to go there where he has like, yes, he has the most votes, but doesn't technically have a majority of the votes, then that's when things could get kind of interesting. Because other people, other um, people can start forming coalitions like they do Correct. in Britain, right? Okay. I know. Uh, like I said, probably not going to happen, but uh, it'll be fun. Uh, I want to know how you have been spending your your pandemic time. What have you been doing? Have you been watching anything? Watching a lot of uh, TV and mo- like not not much movies, but a lot of TV. Binging a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. I was the exact opposite way. I I tended to watch more uh, movies than than television. I've kind of there was a week where I averaged. Sorry, there was three weeks I averaged watching. I think. 14 to 15 movies a week. So well, I, 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 think, a lot. I think last time we talked, I mentioned that I've kind of lost interest in movies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've watched uh, the occasional movie. Like I watched V for Vendetta because I thought it was appropriate. <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. And, but the last movie that I saw that was new, uh, was Capone mm-hmm. and that did you fall asleep? I didn't fall asleep, but that was on May 13th. That was the last new movie I saw May 13th. A couple days, well, and it was I didn't like it, and I think Josh Trank may just not be a good filmmaker. Um, I have a different opinion. I also did not like the movie overall. I didn't like it, uh, but I think 
I have this wild speculation that Capone specifically is going to be one of those movies. uh, And I wish I could think of a better example. But I mean, Kubrick was sometimes like this, where this is going to be a movie that in like 20 years from now, people are going to be like, this was amazing. It was not like respected in its time. I really do think people are going to come around on it, um, even though I think it's kind of boring. Uh, I think that there's actually a lot of skill on display. Uh, It just doesn't ever come to any satisfying conclusion and it continues my uh huge frustration and why has why can't linda cardellini uh break out and become like this huge huge star because she is a phenomenal actress and continually is in stuff that is not good and she's adorable i just think she's like awesome i was actually talking about tv dead like me is on netflix and it co-stars her and uh i think it's a Wonderful little show. And I think she's great in it. I think Christina Applegate is amazing in it. Like, amazing comic timing. Um, and uh, I hadn't seen it before. So I watched f- both seasons, basically. Uh, uh, you know, binged it in, like, I don't know, five days? Something like that. I watched it pretty, pretty quickly. I also love the fact, as a bisexual man, that uh, Linda Carlini is bisexual in that, and it's not really a big deal. It's just that she is. And I think that was so wonderful to see that in a show. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, but what TV shows? What did, what's your, what are your go-tos? What did you like? Okay, well, um, first, uh, on the Stephen King recommendation, he brought up this uh, New Zealand show, Australian-produced show called Reckoning that actually takes place in the United States. So it's one of those weird things where a movie's film or a TV show is produced somewhere else and it takes place in the United States. I can't oh, interesting. think of many other places. I mean, obviously Canada, but that's Canada, whatever. But I mean, somewhere overseas that does that. I can't think of another TV show that's done that before. But anyways, it's a really interesting serial killer. You you know, you, you know who the serial killer is from from the get go. You know, you there's no mystery to it. So it's really just this cat and mouse weird game. And it's a mini it's a mini series. So it's only 10 or so episodes. Um, but it star, stars Aiden, um, what's his face from Glenn? Re- Rectify, Glenn? Rectify. Oh. And, uh, and, and he's a cop that's trying to track down this killer, the Russian river killer, which takes place in Northern California near the Russian river. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really weird kind of slow burny type show. Like a true detective and, almost or, or different. D- different and it ends in a really unique way how are their accents if they're all from like new zealand australia well i think well everybody is mostly an american actor oh uh, except for aiden aiden i think is australian but i mean he's basically using his rectified southern accent Mm -hmm. yeah so that's a where did you watch that or how can people watch that i I think it's on netflix okay um i will say uh, if we're going to go back and forth here, <laughs> I'll get into some of the movies I've been watching. But the uh, I am, of course, an Apple fanboy, as everyone knows. And so I have been oh, a, su- oh. a subscriber guys- to Hopefully. Apple TV Plus. Hopefully. And I was watching Defending Jacob. Oh. The, I think, whatever, eight episodes. Yeah, I think it was eight of, episodes. Definitely binge that, too. Yeah. With uh, Captain America as the star and uh, Kid from Knives Out. Uh, was also and also it chapter one and two. He's he's in those movies as well. Um, and I thought I like I liked it overall. I thought that actually the first half was better than what the second half of the miniseries was uh, overall. Um, I'm not entirely sure they stuck the landing. That's my own personal feeling on it. Uh, what I because it's basically this murder mystery of the Mister Captain America Chris Evans and his wife, their son uh, is. Uh, you know, accused of uh, murdering one of his classmates. And as the series goes on, you kind of keep switching back and forth. Like, oh, he definitely didn't do it to, oh, he definitely did it. And it's always kept up in the air and uh, somewhat spoiler alert. It never is really uncovered if he did it or not. Although you're left with your own impressions, I think, depending on your own, uh, your own baggage coming into it. I'm of, I'm of the train of thought that I think, I mean, Left to their own devices, he would have been convicted. Right. But I, I think, think he true. Was, I don't think he did it. I don't think he did it, though. That's I think right. He would have been I, th- 
Yeah, I also think prison. he didn't do it, but I think he would have definitely been convicted had uh, Chris Evans had not, you know, fudged some of the, the stuff that was going on. Um, anyways, I thought it was good. It was fine. It Also, again, another actress who I think makes everything better is Cherry Jones. I wish she was in more stuff. Oh, <laughs> she is so good. Um, I actually tweeted that. It's like, how is it that everything that Cherry Jones is in, she makes better? She's so good. Uh, yeah, so uh, Tony Award-winning actress who should be cast. Basically, I've discovered that what I think I really want, as far as like older actresses, I want like Cherry Jones and Kate Blanchett and Helen Mirren and I don't know, just a bunch of the, of the other grand dames just to be in like a movie together where they like you know stop the bad guys or solve oh, crimes or something. Heist, like that. Or a heist film. Yeah, just make a heist film with those actresses. Uh, the the problem great. I had with defending Jacob was that it all like it quickly shifted to projecting the ending. Mm, yeah, that's like, true. It became very obvious, you know, where it was going, and it was really obnoxious to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. I thought that the the build up was great, and then once you kind of figure out what the show is, uh, which is like episode four or five, then it's like kind of. Uh, not as good anymore. It's a uh, diminu- diminu- diminishing returns is basically what it comes down to. But uh, again, overall, it was it was enjoyable for uh, a quick uh, miniseries. I don't think I would continue to watch it if, say, like a second season came out. I don't think that's in the cards. But no. um, it, it was but fine I, for what it was. It's one of the, it's one of those things where it's you know I always tell people you gotta take the you gotta look at the whole and find reasons why things are happening. Mm-hmm. And once I figure it out. You know, because um, the framing device is, is Chris Evan, Captain America is getting uh, grand juried, basically. And you don't know what's going on. You don't know why he is He's being interviewed by um, right. a, a lawyer, a DA, assistant DA in front of a jury. You don't know why he's being grand juried. You don't know exactly what's going on. And then once I realized the what was happening, especially, uh, you know, like once you, once you. Once I figured out what, because I kept wondering why, why, why is he being grand juried? And then once I figured that out, and then I quickly, it was like two steps away to figure out the, the like the the wife's arc. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the the ending is I like the the uniqueness is that I really like is the acceptance of everybody like this is our shit bed. We are all going to be shit bed in bed together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all gonna like climb underneath the covers and just uh, wallow in this shit in this bed that we made. Because Captain America knows the truth, mm-hmm. you know. But it, it's but it's like it's so it's it's just it's shit bed with shit everybody, you know. <laughs> like once you compromise one thing, it's so easy to compromise everything. I think they should have kept their original title, which was Defending Bukaki, and um, I'm just upset that they, you know, didn't stick to their guns. That is a now that is a weird connection. I don't. I was talking about, about shit, and you went Bukaki. Oh, that's right. Oh, I used that wrong. What is the Defending Shiza? Yeah, maybe that. Maybe Defending Shiza. That would have been a better joke. Um, but I thought when you were talking about Apple Plus that you would mm. talk about a new show that's just. I have not watched this new show yet, but it's on my watch list. Which is probably my favorite new show of the entire year. It is an What's it called again? Sorry, just say it again. Central Park. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, it's created by Josh Gad. uh, I can't remember the guy's name from Bob's Burgers and a lady named Nora. I can't remember her last name. I would look it it up. It definitely looks like Bob Burgers. Like the animation looks like Bob's Burgers. Yeah, I was was looking. Looking through this stuff, and I'm like, I saw the like the cover art for the the show, and I'm like, oh, that looks like Bob's Burgers. It must be Lauren Blackchard or whatever his name is. And I'm like, oh, let's. Might as well. I, I like doing that sexual act too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I I, uh, I clicked on it because I like Bob's Burgers, but I'm not I'm not like I'm addicted to Bob's Burgers. But I saw Josh Gad's name, and I'm like, that's an interesting thing. And I, and I said, I wonder because it said Josh Gad is a busker. I'm like, I wonder if this is a musical. Pop it in, and it's like it's filled with Hamilton. Like the cast is filled with Hamilton cast people, Book of Mormon cast people, Josh mm-hmm. Gad. Josh Gad brought in and Kristen Bell. So I mean, like the so Frozen connections are all over the place. So it's just like they use the the only person that I can't think of that's not a mus- known musical person that's involved is uh, 
Catherine Hahn, who sings wonderfully. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm sure he's done musicals because he can do anything. Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah. He has to be able to. Yeah. I mean, he's a song and he, he can dance. I know that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like Stanley Tucci plays like a three foot two old woman billionaire. <laughs> and her, yeah. Like okay. Her so evil- they're playing into type. Exactly. Her the, the 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 story is is like the, it's a family that runs the father runs or is the park manager of Central Park and Stanley Tucci Bitsy's character um, is wants to pave over Central Park and build condos. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be that like they haven't gotten to the conflict yet, but it's building and it's just the, it's just wonderful. There's a song in the third episode, I believe, called uh, uh, Weirdos Make Great Superheroes. <sighs> Which, you know, made me cry. And it was just, it's because the, the, the girl, uh, the young girl character, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, uh, um, is Kristen Bell. And she's a co- like, she draws comics. Right. So the lead character is her. Uh, and all of a sudden, at some point, she starts falling in love with this guy that, or this little young boy that flies a kite. So then Kite Boy becomes her partner in the comics. So a lot of the times there's comic book scenes throughout the the show. I cannot That's recommend fine. it even more. There's only four episodes so far, but watch them get right. on board now. Well, you don't want to be the last person. Another show that I checked out, it, I, I just told you I didn't watch very many TV shows, and I'm proving myself wrong. It's on Netflix. It's called Space Force. Yeah, I watched and it too, yeah. It is not good. It is. <laughs> I, it I is didn't mediocre. like it very much. Yeah, it's pretty mediocre. I, I will say... There's a bunch of caveats I'm going to put on there, but like again, overall, I did not really enjoy the first season at all. Uh, number one, I have not liked any of Greg Daniels' first seasons of their shows. <laughs> They're always the weakest. That's that includes Parks and Rec and The Office. So Parks I'm hoping and that, that season one was horrible. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that this is like the same type of track record. Uh, but uh, you know, it has a bunch of people I love. It has Steve Carell. It has uh, um, Aaron, um, not Aaron, <laughs> John Malk, uh, Mal- Mal- oh my gosh, me and John Malkovich. John Mouthful, easy for me to say. I was going to call him um, John Brockenwich, Brockovich, and I was like, that's two things that don't belong together. Uh, and yeah, basically very thinly veiled, like as like not even veiled at all, is basically taking the piss out of Donald Trump's idea of making a space force being the fourth branch of the military or fifth branch. How many branches are there? Sixth branch of the military. Um, so the only thing that made me keep watching because I was actually, uh, watching the first episode. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to continue watching this to be honest. And then there was one funny joke that happened. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll maybe keep on going. I thought that there was, bare minimum one joke per episode that at the very least made me slightly chuckle i was like all right fine i'll continue going the rest of it was so aggressively mediocre though that it was kind of tough uh my favorite thing though is whatever the hell john malkovich is doing in this show yeah john malkovich is the star of the show he is doing something like he i think he thinks he's in a different show than what everyone else is uh my favorite thing is that he's done this character choice. I don't know if you picked up on this, Grant. I feel like you're one of the few people that maybe would have. Uh, again, not that it's hidden or anything, but I love the fact that, and it's never commented upon, but I love the fact that he always takes stairs two at a time. <laughs> and I think it's really hilariously funny. It's like always two stairs at a time, even if they're like gigantic stairs. He's always taking them two at a time. Um, and it's such like a weird choice as an actor to do, but uh, he's doing it, so um anyways it's uh it's there you can watch it it's on netflix i'll probably check out season two when it drops in a year from now if we get it if anything can film in that time but it's 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 not the same great. reason why i i watched the whole sh- season the same reason why i'm forcing myself desperately to try and get through lock and key season one right be- yeah because lock and key is painfully bad um i'm trying i'm like season I'm, all i'm saying to myself is Season two's got to be better. I got to be prepared. Might as well get it over with now so I don't have to watch it all in one go. (laughs) So let's just get through this. Let's just get through this. So 
Um, um, but, uh, what, did you, what did you think that, about Space Force? I agree with you, 100%. Yeah. John Malkovich is a joy to watch, though. So if if you like John Malkovich, just like there should just be a mashup of John Malkovich. Like there should just be like on Netflix, just say all John Malkovich scenes, please. Yeah, yeah that would be great. It's like just skip to the John Malkovich scene, please. But this the scene where he threatens self emulation. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. I'm just like <laughs> of of all the things that I thought he was about to do, that would have been well, the, the least likely choice in my brain i mean talking about like the ineffectiveness of like the left in the united states i thought that was like a great explanation of that. I was like i'm gonna throw my i'm gonna like uh burn myself up i'm gonna set myself on fire and he like lights the the lighter and then it's like i i, I think they got the I th- they got the message right they got the message and then he kind of just walks <laughs> off i just like he's not actually prepared to go the full way um i will just say i'll just sneak in here that uh just because he's in this show too ben schwartz is in it and uh, if you have not checked out the three episodes on Netflix called Schwartz and Middleditch, which is their show, um, Ben Schwartz and I forget what Middleditch's first name is. Thomas. Thomas Middleditch. He, they do this improv show where it's just them on stage and they improvise totally like an hour's worth of story. Uh, again, based just on some uh, reactions. But it's, I think, even better than what my description implies it to be. They do such a good job of going and fully um, investing themselves into multiple characters and uh, actually allowing mistakes to show up in it as well. Like this is not just like a super polished. We only picked like the good stuff to show you. Like they show them struggling a little bit to find what their storyline is going to be. And then it's, it's such a beautiful wrap up. I find every episode. I really liked it. I thought that they did a, did a great job. The best type of improv is long form improv period mm-hmm. in a story. I mean, even if it's like, like with, with certain things like ASCAT, they, they're still doing scenes that might not be necessary. Like they, they're like tangentially, is that the, tangentially? Yeah. Tangentially, yeah. But there, you know, there is long form. It's not, but everybody wants that you say improv, they think who's line. Right, right, right. And, um, I saw this really funny, um, uh, getting Doug with high uh, episode live <laughs> with Doug Benson and it had Matt Besser, who's from Upright Citizens Brigade and ASCAT, and it had Greg Proops. So you have right. like you're having like the diametrically opposed people, and uh, so th- basically you can't at the time in California you couldn't technically do certain things, so people would um, vape. Uh, use a vaporizer right. off stage and fill a balloon, basically a big bag, and bring the weed out to people. And they'd pass the bag around, so they're technically not smoking anything. <laughs> right. Okay. So, but anyway, Doug Benson introduced Matt Besser, and he says he does improv. And then Doug Benson just goes, "Matt Besser, what do you want to do with this?" And he tries to hand him the bag, and Matt Besser just looks at him like he said, like he just said the N word equivalent to improvisation. Um, to Matt Besser because he's like we, we long form improv doesn't do that and then, <laughs> but then Greg proves like one minute later because walks up there and he's like I'm a poodle I'm a you know he's like using the balloon to do all these certain yeah, yeah. things and Matt Besser's just like please uh-huh. this is beneath me <laughs> yeah and it, it was it was the most it was it was hilarious to me but I don't think anyone else understood it but I mean people if they really want to see improv just try and find long form Oh, you do situational comedies. Oh, that must be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you have a live studio audience? Whatever. Uh, what else have you been watching? Um, well, I've been... I'm trying to see. Do I want to say something? Do I want to talk negative about something or positive about something? You pick. Uh, so, let's do negative first. Oh, you want to do both. Okay. I've been watching Stargirl. Oh, Okay. <laughs> And it's just a, like painfully poorly made. Like the CW Star Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, they have this. Um, I don't know how old she is, but she's clearly twenty-seven years old. Uh, I mean, she's in high school, so she's maybe fourteen, yeah. apparently fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in there. And she, she, um, her, she happens to her mom happens to get married to the former sidekick of Starman. Mm. And this, he keeps the like this uh, Justice Society of America is all dead. 
so Starman's dead, but he, so he has all of Starman's stuff. He was his sidekick. And the staff... Um, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but have they played David Bowie Starman at, at least once? I don't and, know. Uh, I've, I, okay. I've been so angry watching it, I probably would have been blinded. <laughs> okay. But it's, um, you'll, you'll find it entertaining why I find it so poorly made. Uh, um, it's, um, so, but, so the, the, the staff, which was Starman's, doesn't, like, Pat, uh, his former sidekick, tried to activate it for him, but it wouldn't work. It, and he tried to find other people that it would work for, and no one could get it to activate. Uh, it's called the Cosmic Staff. And uh-huh. all of a sudden, <laughs> when, when um, Courtney, soon to be Stargirl, is around, the staff awakens. She thinks she's Starman's daughter, blah, 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 all this stuff. Anyways, she is so completely irresponsible. Like, she just rushes into battle. Like, she runs around like crazy. You know, she does all this stuff. And you're like, why, 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 are, why are they making this an, ex- uh, an example for young women to have, like, this completely irresponsible person? You know, she recently, in the most recent episode, Pat, who, who is, like, trying to at least keep her alive when she goes out and does stuff in his mech suit, is, like, because the, the people, like, he followed the Injustice Society of America to this small town in Kansas or Nebraska or whatever. Um, and so the person that killed the people basically pulled a huge trap out for them, like, sent a huge message. And Pat's like, you know Oh, that's a trap, right? And she said, a trap for him. And I'm like, what? So she rushes out to find the person that killed her dad without any preparation, without any anything. They get easily defeated. And uh, a kid from her high school dies. So the blood is on her hands. The blood is on her her, hands. It's clearly her fault. It is clear. 100%. I mean, the it's the kid that ended up being killed was one of the injustice society of America's kids. And the leader of that society killed, I'm spoiling everything. Cause I don't care. The leader of that society killed them to send a message to the dad. I, I don't know, Grant. I think that you can't judge superheroes just by a few bad apples. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just saying like this, like she, she should, uh, you know, know better to at least like, let's take a minute, let's take a beat, let's just think about this a minute. When I was 13, 14, 15, when I played, when I was eight even, when I played... Well, when I was a teen girl, I knew my place. Well, no, like, when I was, when I played superheroes back then, I would want to take a beat. I wouldn't just rush into battle. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, let's think about this, let's make a plan at least, in the very least. If we're going to be impatient, let's make a plan. She didn't do any of those things. She just rushed into battle blindly, repeatedly, repeatedly. You know, and bad things kept happening. Yeah. And, you know, she's not learning any lessons. And so now this kid is dead. And Pat was like, we need to take a we need to take a beat here. Somebody died. And she's like, yeah, that's on Icicle. And Pat should have been like, no, it is on you. It is directly on you for being so impatient that you couldn't just think for a second. <laughs> Uh, 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 not to cause waves, miss, but uh, nah, 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 nah. But anyways, <laughs> this is on you. Pat is played by Luke Wilson. Just interesting. Oh, interesting. Now, is and, Owen going to make a an appearance in this? Uh, well, he is in uh, Loki, so that is about time travel and multiple dimensions, yeah. most likely. So he might show up as uh, whatever Cowboy Bebop or whatever his character's name going to be. <laughs> I think I think that's copywritten that one. Uh, what is the good show that you've been watching? Harley Quinn. The, oh, is that an animated thing? Yes. The first season was a little hit and miss at times. The second season's a lot better. Um, there's a couple times where in the second season where I almost teared up a bit. Mm-hmm. It's clearly R rated. The fact that I haven't seen Harley Quinn naked yet is totally surprised me, honestly. But the like is the there stuff. That, well, sorry, is there nudity of other people? No, 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 no. But I mean, it's just like the stuff they say is. Oh, the, I see. I see. The last episode, uh, there was a song and dance number, um, under the sea spoof about how the best thing about being under the sea is that you can poop anywhere and you don't have to wipe your ass. 
I mean, that is pretty good. Which is funny because in Central Park, like an hour and a half later, there's another song all about excrement. So it's like, you know, how in, in, in 90 minutes can I watch two animated shows where there's a song and dance number about excrement? I don't understand. But I, think I will say, by the way, d- don't do that in public pools. They do not like that. No. They, they, uh, they, they say that they have a special uh, color dye that they can tell when you poop in the pool. No, they can just see the poop. Yeah, that's, that's all they need. I love, have you been to public pools when you see the sign that says, if you've had diarrhea recently, mm-hmm. do not go in the pool. And I'm like, who's going to walk up to that and be like, oh, oh shit. All right. Oh man, I guess I, I got to go home. Yeah, I'm out of here. I'd like to announce to everybody that I did have diarrhea recently and I'm out of here. <laughs> not in the pool. I want to be very clear. Not in the pool. Not in the pool. Uh, I have been taking some time here to watch a bunch of movies, like I said, and it was because uh, there was two things that were simultaneously happening, which is that uh, there was a bunch of stuff I wanted to rewatch just to see, you know, does this hold up at all? And that was partly because I've made this new project for my life. Because you need more. Because I need more, which is on my 40th birthday, which is going to be in three years. I want to point that out. But on my 40th birthday, I want to have a definitive list of my 40 favorite films since the time I was born. So my the rule I've given to myself is that the movie had to premiere after I was born, July 11th, 1983. So basically, it has just been okay. me picking a year and going through a bunch of movies that I have not seen. Also rewatching a bunch of stuff that I have seen, which is why that, you know, Grant, cause you were commenting, you were watching the stuff that I was looking at. Why I watched so many films from 1985 recently. <laughs> cause that was the year <laughs> I picked to kind of go through. But it's, but it's been fun. Yeah. I've uh, picked a bunch, but I keep bopping around and rewatching things if they need to. And uh, there's another podcast I do called Kylan day versus the machine where we're going through the entire year of 1999. So uh, I'm also watching a lot of stuff from 1999 uh, as well, which has also been eye-opening to see what has uh, held up and not held up at all. Uh, Very, very, very eye-opening. But yeah, like just tons. I've probably watched over 100 movies in the last few weeks. Yeah, since, um, since April or May, what, May 1st, I've watched 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 movies. 16 movies in two months. No, month and a half. And one was Hollow Man. <laughs> Wait, sorry, back up. Why? I don't know. I just felt like I really wanted to see... Uh... I need some Kevin Bacon, damn it. I, well, I know. I, for some reason, I was thinking about his uh, like skinless penis. <laughs> I, I, we should just point out uh, Kevin Bacon the man has a skinless penis that has nothing to do with Hollow Man uh, but he does show his skinless penis in it yeah I mean I, everything I basically watched was a rewatch except for Remo Williams Incredibles 2 hmm. Never Surrender a Galaxy Quest documentary Bent uh, which is a great little mo- movie that's basically a stage play which is it was from a stage play and they don't really change anything except, you know, there's a lot more locations. Mm. And Midnight Special, which was nice. Uh, that has, um, gosh, what's his name? Who's the Michael main guy? Shannon. Michael, Michael Shannon. Shannon. Thank you. That's yeah. who I'm thinking of. Uh, who is, uh, I think, always a creepy, creepy man, but is uh, uh, still a delight to see in movies when he actually shows up. When, so, he, when he does comedy, it's the, it's the best thing that can ever be put to film. Like what we need is we need a buddy cop comedy with john malkovich and michael shannon oh man i'd watch that i'd watch that twice <laughs> you would you would literally go watch it come out of the theater and be like again please <laughs> or it could just be the most exhausting experience of your life probably as they both try and do random wacky things because it's going to fit their character uh but well do you watch I- the new pope at all I, I did not. I've not seen the new Pope. No, because well, the first season was really good. I really like the first season. Jude Law, fantastic. Um, Pablo Sorrentino is some sort of crazy genius. Um, 
but the second season, not as good. Um, John Malkovich, though, involved, and he plays uh, an interesting candidate to become Pope, eventually becomes Pope. He's just weird all over the place. John Malkovich restrainment, kind of an asexual being. You know, I didn't uh, I didn't mention this uh, because I've only seen the first episode, uh, but I don't know why this jogged my memory. Probably just because of weirdos in Parliament or in uh, having machinations. I did watch the first episode of The Great, which is like this kind of overly fictionalized version of Catherine the Great. Uh, it's a miniseries on Amazon Prime, and it uh, has, oh my gosh. Nicholas Holt? Well, it has Nicholas Holt, but I was trying to think of the girl or the woman that is Catherine the Great, uh, who is the sister of another actress who I'm, I'm just clicking on it here. I'm, I'm searching it up. It is uh, Ellie Al Fanning. That's who it is. Al Fanning. So it stars Al Fanning, Nicholas Holt. Basically, what it proved to me is that um, uh, <laughs> I am ridiculously attracted to Nicholas Holt. And that's just something I have to accept. Uh, but also, I think he's hilariously funny in these symphony roles. It's basically his role uh, from the favorite just dialed up even more obnoxious. And yeah. I also think uh, if if Bond is to remain white then I think Nicholas Holt has a good chance of being the next Bond. Um, but I'm not, also, I'm not entirely convinced that that's the way that the producers are going to go. But Nicholas Holt, I, could, I can foresee playing a really great James Bond if he, if he even that, wanted to take on that role. Speaking of um, somebody who I find, you, you say you attractive, Nicholas Holt, okay. But somebody I, I find very attractive, uh, they released a trailer for a movie that's going to be horrible called <laughs> uh, Eurovision whatever song something something with will ferrell and rachel mcadams and and you you're attracted to will ferrell is what no but the 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 quote-unquote villain of it is dan stevens oh yeah dan stevens is an attractive man too but dan stevens could be a bond yeah well there's look at that you have a lot of a lot of names in the ring i actually think um I, there'd be an uproar over it by the uh the deplorables are like the usual suspects here. John Malkovich, yes. John Malkovich. No, I I believe his name. Yes, Henry Golding. I think Henry oh, yeah, Golding yeah. would make a great Bond too. He's, but he's, he's on he's on many people's lists. Yeah. Yeah. Also very attractive, but uh, that again is just me. I'm a, um, I gotta give one 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 recommendation to the world. I I was some I think it was in my top ten, or maybe we didn't do a top ten list that year. But the guest. Oh, Starring the guest Dan is great. Steven. Yeah, the guest is great. Great movie. I just want to, I, I think I, I need to start bringing that up every once in a while. And the fact that I still think about it all these, t- all these years later, and I've only seen it once. I think I got to start thinking It is one of the few movies that I was like legitimately terrified and not just scared, but terrified in the movie. I'm like, ah, this guy is know. so creepy and I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I, I, what I'm saying is like, it's been so long since I've seen it and it's still stuck with me. I need to start debating whether or not it's in my top 10 list. No, go ahead. Yeah. Maybe you can disc- you can figure out what your top 40 uh, are as well at the same time. Uh, so what do you think? What are it's, you going to do? Thank you. That's right. Top 40 under 40. And listen, um, the world's on fire. We know that. Uh, have you joined any of the protests at all? Um, I almost went to one that was in Temecula, but the, I mean, and it's funny because they, the, like Temecula is just a small little not small but I mean it's not even that politically active really but there right. was one in Temecula and they, they the, the Black Lives up, Matter protest I should be very clear on yeah, what we're talking the, about the police showed up in riot gear uh-huh. I'm like what you, come on an appropriate wine response country, like, like wine country is going to go nuts come on seriously <laughs> they tipped our Chardonnay yeah. I know. well that would piss people off and then they would they would totally loot but I mean I thought about going to one of those but I'm just like I just the uh, because I was a, I was afraid of such a response mm-hmm. and it's also would be a very big hassle for me to get there uh, if there was one in Marietta which there definitely wasn't because Marietta is even more conservative than Temecula which again is surprising that they didn't open when Temecula opened right. I would have gone to it yeah well, I have also not gone. I don't have a great excuse because uh, really all I was doing was working when the when the kind of 
not necessarily a protest. It was just a walk here in Calgary, uh, but like, huge. Like it was a huge, huge turnout. Like thousands upon thousands of people showed up and just like flooded the streets. Um, in in Canada, there's been a bit of a different response to this whole police brutality, um, you know, uh, reaction, right? Which is that in in the U.S., people are dealing with like the racism that is inherent in cops and in policing and the history of that. And there's absolutely that history here in Canada as well, but much more so towards First Nations people, which is what we call Native Americans. Um, First Nations is kind of the, you know, PC term, I guess, for lack of a better word. But there are many nations, of course, because uh, every every First Nation has their own background, history, language, that sort of thing. Okay, so, you've covered your PC bases. Continue. Covered my PC bases. I'm just saying that that is what our, uh, um, I don't know, push has been is really been that is like why are we still uh why is there still this disconnect between the uh uh the, the i guess the white oppressors versus uh the the less advantaged people well, and, it's and like that's they- a whole political like football uh, loaded term and it's very different in america i know than it is up here in canada but that has really been the eye-opening thing as people have been sharing their stories here in the last couple of weeks for me and it's really tried to push me to become better, not just be like, oh, I'm so sorry, but like actually putting into action money behind my words and trying to find out ways that I can physically go and help and support and um, volunteer my time. I haven't come up with a great uh, exploration of that yet, but that's where me as a liberal is sitting here right now of uh, trying to figure out how I can actually put this into action. Well, there's been um, something that really stuck with me that I learned about when I was in Canada was there's this whole section of highway in bc where uh, indigenous women have gone missing mm-hmm. repeatedly 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 we're talking dozens and, of them yes dozens of them and it's just like and they're and nobody really gives a fuck no one investigates the like the standard line that i've read from the rcmp is they just ran away they just whatever indigenous people go missing it's like what the fuck Specifically women in a specific age group from a specific race are all going missing. From a very specific a, a location. Like they're, they're, it's a serial killer that people do not want to <clears throat> investigate or, yeah. or, or a ring of people that are preying on these women. Yeah, no, it could even be like, oh, pe- you, know, you know, guy that really wants to kill somebody from, uh, you know, southern, you know, Australia is like, oh, that's a great place. I should just pop up there really quick, kill somebody, pop home. No one's going to give a fuck. Yeah, it just, it's pretty it's messed up. Like I mean, tourism. Yeah, it's like, like serial tourism, um, which is awful. I, the, the the other big I think eye opening thing has been uh, not just that, but the um, kind of unpacking of a, a lot of uh, the. Um, uh, sorry, I'm I'm losing my words here. The uh, what happens when you are orphaned and need to go into care? That is called foster, foster care. Thank you. The foster care system, which absolutely disadvantages uh, First Nations children because they, I forget what the actual statistic is, but like they make up way more than any type of group and uh, are much more uh, likely to like succumb to drug addictions, go into prison, that sort of thing, than, than anyone else that's in that system. Um, and they also have no idea how many of them are in in there uh, either so they don't keep actually tabs on the numbers they're going in so which is it's, it's mind-boggling yeah it's completely messed up and and awful so we'll see we'll see if anything actually changes from that uh, as much as uh i would not wish to have a donald trump-like figure as the leader of my country uh mr pierre or pierre justin trudeau who is our prime minister has kind of proven to be a little bit uh in incapable of doing his actual job as prime minister yeah i i have i'm kind of like neutral on justin hmm. but it's also because i'm dealing with uh clown stick fun fuck face well you you have a you have a, a horse loose in the hospital yeah. as mr john mulaney would say i put you know i i put on uh facebook i'm like it would be you know something about i posted something about you know trump hiding not responding, not doing anything. And as always, conservative Alberta runs in and has to say something about Justin. Yeah. And, and I'm like, 
what are you talking like i don't because they're like yeah our guy doesn't say shit any any ant i'm like i because yeah, i'm announced to them i watch canadian news on youtube i watch the cbc well Nightly, there has Nightly to be at least one person to do it so <laughs> thank you for doing the job <laughs> and i'm like well i'm watching it on youtube so it probably doesn't help but and it's you know um so unbeknownst to them i watch that and i'm like he is out every day giving an announcement about the coronavirus every day so i don't see the comparison it's just like the false equivalence that the that conservatives have with people no the 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 thing the, where that comes from is that there was his wife contracted covid so they sequestered themselves they sequestered the whole family away for whatever it was the 10 days because he was following guidelines so whatever you think about the guy at least he like he followed the orders of the doctors so i don't think that that's a huge thing but people took that and ran with it as if he was hiding from the public that's that's basically where that story comes from it's just ridiculous but i mean i've i'm i'm basically it's, it's fun because the only conservative albertans that i have left on my facebook are like moderates Mm-hmm. because i had people on there before i would i would just like i would have a, a post that has that contained the letters g-u-n they weren't <laughs> even connected but they were just in there and all of a sudden yeah you're not taking my guns i'm like what the fuck are you doing like you don't you don't have to jump in every single time because you know like i would post something about gun control and all this stuff and every single time they would respond I'm like, yeah. we know where we both stand. We don't have to continue to jump into people. And so eventually I'm just like, why am I continuing this? It's one of those things where it's, you know, you don't have to give your opinion on everything that's posted. Sometimes I mean, it's fine just to walk away. It's okay. But I mean, do it once or twice, have the conversation. And then, you know, like every time after that, it's like, all we're going to do is have the same conversation again. We've had the conversation. We're done. So let's, you don't have to do it anymore. And so I went from having uh, like 550 friends. Now I have like 230. Because mm-hmm. I, I just called everybody. Like I got rid of most of my family. got rid I mean, of all these people. Just that's because like, you're a, a, a soy boy uh, cuck. A lip was, cuck. Yeah. I don't understand the term cuck. Like it's what, who's using it and who's calling people cucks. It's like everybody's being called cuck. Everyone's a cuck. You're a cuck. I, I'm a cuck. I, I just don't Everyone's like, a cuck cuck. So I was trying to figure it out. Like they were calling, like, I mean, I get the term Karen now. I know exactly what that is, but I've never understood cock. Yeah. It, it means that you're a man who prefers to have other men have sex with your wife. Well, that's, yeah. yeah that's best. Yeah. So, so you've just been owned, Mr. Liberal. Uh, well, everyone, thank you for listening to this. I doubt anyone has made it this far into the podcast, but thank you for listening. If you have, uh, this has been whatever this is. Uh, I guess you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at the Kyle Marshall. That's also what I am on Instagram. And uh, Grant, how can people find you? Uh, Twitter.com slash Fejimans, F-E-J-I-M-A-M-Z, or Z, depending upon what country you're in. Have you heard of this movie called The One and Only Ivan? No. What is that? I don't know. I just I saw something on uh, on on IMD or on, on Uproxx or something, and it's going directly to Disney+. Plus. But it's it, this is the cast: Angelina Jolie, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Helen Mirren. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a weird group of people, but it's neat, interesting. The plot is a gorilla named Ivan tries to piece together his past with the help of an elephant named Stella as they hatch a plan to escape from captivity. Huh. Well, that is a movie <laughs> that you just described. It. it- you know, there was a trailer I just watched for something that looks like it's not going to be good called, uh, I think it's called Cash Plane. Oh, God. You mean the best the best movie of 2020? Yeah. It stars Kelsey Grammer. Of course. As well as uh, Adam Edge Copeland of wrestling fame. I was trying to figure so- out who that guy was. I'm like, he looks like he looks like somebody that's 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 has some miles put on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, I guess he's an actor now. What would surprise me was that it kind of looked like it was shot on an iPhone, <laughs> uh, a high price iPhone, to be fair. But I mean, it's like this film looks weird. It, actually, do you know who the director is? John Favreau. No, it's one of the Lawrence brothers, not Joey. I think it's the middle Andy. brother, whatever, whatever his name was. Oh, I can't. That's funny. I know it's Andy's the youngest. I don't know what the middle one is. Yeah. Joey's the oldest. 
but uh, you got to at least say what the plot is. Oh, there is a casino on a plane where anything can go. Anything happens. And so Kelsey Grammer enlists the this crack team of professionals to go and steal the money. I think my favorite my favorite uh, little fun fact about this, and I do have to look it up, so I am stalling for time as as I'm filling it, is the fact that Kelsey Grammer's uh, actual character name, uh, what is this? The one's the, the, the Wabash Cannonball. Kelsey Grammer. How do you spell his name? There we go. I think I also said the wrong uh, wrong movie name. It's actually called. It's Money Plane. Is it Money Plane? Money Plane. It's Money Plane. I said Cash Plane. I think Money Plane. Oh. His his actual character name in this movie is called the Rumble. Oh Jesus! The oh, Rumble. Jesus. That oh. means that Kelsey Grammer got a script and was like, "I can see myself in the Rumble. I can see myself there." The, the, the greatest thing about the fact that um, his name is the rumble in the movie is that they cast Kelsey Grammer and didn't think to change his name. It's like we could switch from the rumble. We can go to like the professor, you know. 